Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. Today, it's New Year's Eve. So, Happy New Year's. You're listening to the Deeper Daily Podcast Essay Edition for December 2021. This final essay of the year gives me the predictable opportunity to reflect on what has happened and to look forward to what is coming. Well, I'll let you know up front that I don't really intend to do much of that. You probably don't need a recap since you have enough of your own stuff to review, and what I hope for in the new year isn't that much different than what we all hope for. We are a hopeful people, not only because we are believers, but also because we're human and humanity hopes. There's a whole list of things that separate us from every other species on earth. From a spiritual standpoint, this is what makes us in the likeness and image of God. But hope is the one thing that is most unusual. We hope even when we have no good reason to hope. If things go wrong and disaster is on every hand, we will hope, as the Bible says, against hope. This is because we are in the image of our Father, and hope is our currency. As Zechariah said, we are prisoners of hope. I think we hope in the way that we do because our Father hopes in the way that He does. When He looks at mankind, He isn't blind to our foolishness and folly. It isn't ignorance of what ails us that keeps Him moving on our behalf, but just the opposite. He knows what we're going through, and yet He hopes for a better outcome for us all. When we think of hope, we don't often think of God as having it since we see hope as just short of blind faith and desperation. But I think it's much deeper and much godlier than that. God holds out hope for humanity, and that hope is expressed in at least two specific manifestations, one physical and the other spiritual. The physical manifestation of God's hope is Jesus. We've just come out of the Christmas season, and our attention is heightened regarding His first advent. When Jesus came on the scene, we believe that he was God in human form, taking on flesh so that he could be both a man and die as the sacrifice for all men. As the hymn says of the arrival of Jesus in the darkness of Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. It wasn't only the hope of Israel or Mary or the shepherds. It was the hope of heaven, of God himself. The spiritual manifestation of the hope of God began to play out in the ministry of Jesus, preceded by the preaching of John the Baptist. They both cried out, Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. This kingdom they spoke of had no geographical location or palaces built of stone. The kingdom looked nothing like Rome or Jerusalem, and it required no taxation for upkeep or military for defense. But just because it has no qualities of the world around it, it makes it no less real. Pilate asked Jesus if he was a king. and Jesus admitted that he was, but that his kingdom was not of this world. Otherwise, my disciples would fight, he said. In that brief exchange, we learn so much if we pay attention. The kingdom is real enough that Jesus claimed it as his own, and different from Rome inasmuch that natural kingdoms need natural defense. His kingdom needs no defense at all. The ministry of Jesus is replete with references to the kingdom, how it's like yeast in bread or seed in the ground. 
It is full of hope for the merchant seeking pearls, the woman searching for her coin, and the father and his prodigal sons. The kingdom is shown as a tree whose branches stretch forth and give shelter to the fowls of the air, and as a field where wheat is harvested and separated from the tares. In every illustration, Jesus presents the kingdom as very real, but very slow to manifest. It's never a comet or a cheetah, and it never looks like anything around it. The kingdom is not a pie-in-the-sky, ethereal fantasy. Jesus said that when you see the hand of God, you are seeing the kingdom, and that it is in our midst, not something we see with natural eyes. The kingdom manifests as we love our neighbor, respond with forgiveness to our enemies, and spread the good news to the poor and the outcast. The kingdom isn't constructed on the backs of the laborer while the elite sit at the top. Instead, the least shall be the greatest, and the last shall be first. Jesus didn't present the kingdom in order to be a revolutionary, but it comes across that way in a world infatuated with power and wealth. Jesus presented the kingdom as an ever-expanding reality, and in that, the kingdom is the ultimate spiritual example of hope. The kingdom is the hope of God on the earth, and slowly but surely, it is spreading. The kingdom is the world of the future, thrust into the world of the present. This is why it is often uncomfortable to hear the message of the kingdom, because it does not conform to the comforts of this age. The kingdom is the world as it will be when God brings all to fruition, when the future meets the present. We often call that tomorrow with full assurance that tomorrow will soon be today. But when it comes to the kingdom, it is both today and tomorrow. Actually, it is tomorrow as it will be manifesting today. I have had this realization lately when digging into the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus isn't simply showing us the best way to live. He is showing us what God acts like and what the world of the kingdom is made up of. It is uncomfortable because it is unfamiliar. But if you think about it, it is uncomfortable because it is the world the way we wish it could be. It is our destiny smacking up against our reality. It is next year's calendar invading today. So that's it for this essay, a short little foray into hope and the kingdom of God. That's also it for 2021. And here is hoping and praying for a better 2022. May the kingdom of tomorrow invade our today. Or as Jesus told us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grace to you.